0: Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, lovers. I am so excited to be here with you today sharing some beautiful and expansive wisdom. Before we get into the meat of this episode, I'd love to take this opportunity to share with you a couple of new incredible offerings one of which is Turned On By Life. This is a self-paced online course to take you from wanting, wishing, and waiting to Turned On By Life itself. I love this course because it encourages the participants to explore different modalities, including pieces of spiritual intimacy, embodiment, mindset, and artistic expression to create your own tantric lifestyle. Creating a tantric lifestyle has been so key for me in building a life that I am truly obsessed with. Uh, You know, to me, it all starts with this energy. This energy that brought us into the world is the energy that touches every part of our life because it is innately who we are. So this course is all about harnessing this inner power for a pleasure-filled life that feels so juicy. You're left overflowing with purposeful desire. So this opportunity can be found at www.talktantra2me.com, and then click on the work with me tab. And another offering that can be found at the same exact place is the business magnetism mentorship. This mentorship is for you if you are desiring to step into purpose with the full confidence and assuredness of your gifts. We need your gifts. We need your light. We need as many expansive and awakened souls as possible to step into leadership, to create evidence of new earth in their lives, relationships, and businesses. So if you have a new or slow growing business or desire to start a business in the healing or expansive modalities and you have this big vision but are not really sure where to start or if it's even possible or just finding yourself, you know, working against yourself, maybe you have imposter syndrome or an inner critic, I am here to help you get out of your own way. So for more information on that opportunity, again, mecom slash work with me. If you are new here, it is so great to have you. And if you are a loyal listener, welcome back and would love to hear your thoughts in the reviews it means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become a bit more relevant in search results which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality i'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media and if you do so please tag me so that i can thank you personally now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I talk Tantra with Aaron Kleinerman. He is a transformational Tantric coach and speaker. He's also the best selling author of The Embodied Man. I am so grateful for his content and so appreciative that he's here on the podcast to offer his perspective of living an expansive life. So thank you for being here, Aaron. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about your journey with becoming a Tantra coach, author, and speaker? How did you discover this passion and purpose?
1: Yeah, well, that, that could be a long story. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd say more than anything, life you know—life has led me in the direction of um, teaching and speaking in a modality that really encapsulates the entirety of the human experience um, you know I've, I've been a seeker and a searcher for many years i've been teaching in the realms of personal development for the last 15 years um, and the only lineage that i've come across that meets all aspects of being human is is tantra And so I tried to deny it for a while. I was trying to not teach in this field, but then it just kept kind of pushing its way into me. And, you know, as being a male Tantra teacher in the world, there's often, you know, a thousand and one judgments on me even before I've said hello. So it's not necessarily something where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. But I also feel like I appreciate bringing a level of integrity, clarity, and, and and deep transformation into a, a field that's deeply impacted my own life, and and just in the field of transformation and self development and, and coaching, um, it's something I've been passionate about for for many many years. When I was nineteen, on a, a ship going to the Iraqi war, is really the first time I found my soul. And, um, you know, had a deeper dialogue with an authentic self inside of me and began to have a deeper understanding that something was beyond just this body. And that just led me in a path, you know, forevermore. And that's what I've been doing now for, you know, a long time. And, you know, this year alone, I'm I'm traveling in over 15 countries, teaching and speaking and doing workshops and festivals and retreats. And, yeah, I, I love this work and I love the transformational journey I get to support people in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring journey in this world. Uh, I definitely resonate with this fact that, you know, we have all these beautiful modalities. And when I first started my spiritual journey, it was incredible to have, you know, the yoga and the meditation and the mindfulness pieces. But at the end of the day, it wasn't addressing this energy that, you know, brought me into this world. So by definition touches every part of my life. And I feel that many of our listeners can resonate with that too, but also seeing the flip side that there are so many misconceptions around this word. And also inherently the word itself can mean so many different things and really has, you know, to me living a tantric lifestyle looks different to each individual, depending on what their intention is and their highest truth. So I'm really happy that we're starting with that, you know, resonance as well.
1: Yeah. You know, the the definition that I I love of Tantra that always speaks to me is to weave, you know, and that's really what I do from all the different disciplines and modalities and things that I've learned. I weave that all together to make something that's congruent to my own heart. And I know that, you know, any individual I support to wake up to their own inherent genius is going to weave that same level of knowledge and awareness into their own life. And, you know, there's a beauty and a gift to that, that, uh, is is unlike anything else. And, you know, just uh, one other caveat in my own story, in my early 20s, I was working in the self-development field mm-hmm. and I was working for a big uh, publishing company of people sharing stories like, thank God I was abused and thank God I was raped and thank God my son died. And people sharing, you know, their, their challenging moments and finding gratitude for it. And what I witnessed inside that self-development field was so many individuals, and I, you know, was on stage and meeting some of the, you know, guys that have been doing this for a long time. Was that there was often this place where people were saying one thing, and their lives were dictating something else, and there wasn't a congruency between mind and body, and it, it left me quite disillusioned for a long time. And I stepped away from the whole industry, and I'm like, this is all a joke. These people are, are phony. And eventually, when I came back into the self-development kind of Tantra world, I, I met you a know, beautiful Tantrika that kind of initiated me into this field more. And I started to meet teachers and mentors and people who not only did they have the esoteric comprehension and knowledge and, and wisdom, but then there was an embodiment piece that I had never even tasted before. And that really, it landed inside me more deeply than I could ever really even comprehend
0: Yeah, absolutely. I deeply resonate with that piece as well. The greater that you, you know, welcome in the density of life, the pain, the more uh, capable you are of truly receiving the expansive love and light as well. And this really is a nice transition into, you know, one of my first questions for you, which is how does your ability to meet and express your emotions relate to your sex life and orgasmic potential?
1: 150 (laughs) percent you know the 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 definition i'll use to that is is more from a science framework it's like in our body we have these these nadis these are energetic channels that run throughout our body and so if we're not expressing our emotions then it's really tough to be multi-orgasmic that means that when we're expressing emotions, the same energetic channels that our emotional energy is moving through our body is the same energetic channels that sexual energy moves through our body as well. So, you know, when guys come to me or people come to me and they're like, I want to be more multi-orgasmic and I want to make love for hours and do all these things. It's like, okay, are you are you feeling your feelings? Are you expressing your emotions? Are you feeling your anger? Are you feeling your sadness? Well, well, no, like, well, that's where you start. It's like, if you don't have a healthy, mature emotional body, then literally when sexual energy is there, the energy is like, I don't know what to do. You don't feel me often. So I'm going to ejaculate quickly and come quickly because you don't know how to deal with me normally. And this is often, you know, I I see this, especially for men, they, you know, they they have this issue with ejaculating too quickly or whatnot. And it's actually from not being sensitive at, at all. It's like there's no capacity for sensitivity to move through the body because there's no emotional capacity. So the emotions have been shut down from such a young age that when sexual energy is there, it's like, okay, I'm going to feel sexual energy for maybe two or three seconds and then go back to sleep. And this is unfortunately where most of the planet is is on with emotional and sexuality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That life force energy has nowhere to go but out when you're all blocked up, all of this emotion or energy emotion is you know creating disease in the body so yeah i absolutely resonate with that and as you said you know most people are living this reality and at the same time, we're at this beautiful, you know, integral place and in shift of our collective consciousness. And more and more of us are getting the tools, including those that are, you know, listening to this podcast, which is beautiful. And I see this uh, opportunity for, you know, an exponential um, expansion within the collective. And we get to talk about those tools and share that. And you've obviously lived this and are living this. So I'm curious, you know, how can being vulnerable and connected to your emotions make you a more powerful individual and also a more powerful lover?
1: Mm, yeah, I love that you bring in vulnerability. I mean, vulnerability is is actually a deep true power, you know, and when somebody has the capacity to feel vulnerability, it means they're not shying away from who they really are. You know, to to be a a great lover means that I can look into the eyes of my beloved and know the vulnerability and the emotions and the sadness, and I can also know that inside of me. Mm. And you know, for a lot of men, they think I need to be powerful and strong and 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 be super alpha masculine. And certainly, it's good to be that. Like I appreciate you know strong masculinity, but with strong masculinity comes a place of also deep powerful vulnerability and tenderness and, and and a softening inside of the body and this is really where a greater expanse starts to happen and a greater capacity to feel more deeply than you could ever imagine is there and that willingness within it it opens a doorway to truth like nothing else
0: yeah beautiful i love that definition brene brown says something along the lines of vulnerability is the birthplace of growth and of love and of expansion you know etc and it's so true to move forward in life in any way you have to put yourself in a position of potential you know, pain and softness, you know, to get the dream job, you have to be vulnerable enough to apply and to go to the interview, to fall in love, you have to be vulnerable enough to have the first date to uh, show, show the wholeness of who you are. So it's so true and so powerful. And it it's something that we get to bring in to, you know, each and every moment as an invitation. And the beautiful thing about vulnerability is it's something that we can have with ourselves, but, to really experience vulnerability. It's something that gets to be done in our relationships. It gets to be a co-creation and it can also be in tribe. And I'm curious how, you know, individuals specifically, how can women support men in being vulnerable and with their emotional expression?
1: Yeah, I love that you bring that question in. And, you know, the frame I want to put to that is often I'll hear women saying, I want my man to express more and to be emotional more and to all that. And uh, the the important piece to recognize is the most unhealthy feminine is inside of a man's body. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a woman and you're asking your man to express more and to be more, you know, in that way, then in that moment, the maybe five or 10% or maybe 1% of the time when he finally does, what it requires is that you as a female body are able to witness without judgment and not blame shame and ridicule if that tender young feminine comes out of the man's body and then he and then she inside is blamed shamed and 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 made fun of what does she do she crawls back into the dark corner that she came from and is never coming out again so what it really requires if you want a, a man to be in his vulnerability it doesn't mean you need to be the masculine space holder it just means that when that vulnerability comes out it's it's, it's appreciated. It's it's acknowledged. It's, it's recognized as a beautiful gift and not something that, you know, is, is, is made fun of. And imagine it this way. It's like, I see in every relationship, we have kind of a foursome happening, you know? And so if you want your man to be more creative and emotional intuitive, then you as a more developed, mature, feminine, female energy then be the the big sister to that young woman inside Mm -hmm. to guide her, to support her, to show her in the moments of when upset happens, this is what you do with with healthy, this is what you do with your emotions. This was totally shifted for me. My, My last relationship, which ended about a year ago, when we first came together, it was the first time I'd ever witnessed this. Like when she would get upset, she would remove herself from the situation. She'd go move her emotional body. She'd have her process. She'd do her inner work. And then she'd come back to me in healthy communication. And initially, like when that first argument happened, I was like, my defenses were up. I'm like, okay, you know, Shakti's upset. I'm ready I'm ready to take the punches. Where's, where's it going to come at me? What, you know, what's going to happen? And that didn't happen you know, 90% of the time it didn't happen. She wasn't perfect, but most of the time it didn't happen. And so I started to get a healthy imprint of what healthy emotions really meant. I started to get a healthy imprint of how to move my emotional body without attacking and going on in that way. And that was beautiful. That changed a lot for me. And it really allowed my own inner feminine to mature, to grow up and to be able to look at my big sister and say, ah, this is what you do. It's not like many of the women I was with in the past who would say that they would say I'm supposed to do that. But then when the rubber met the road, they, their actions weren't actually doing it. So it was a big revolution for me in terms of emotional maturity in that relationship specifically.
0: Yeah, I love all those pieces, especially this element of being the example, are you as a woman fully in celebration of your own emotional expression? Are you fully able to hold your own emotional expression without judgment or shame or guilt? And when that happens, that's when you, you know, are able to hold a pillar of invitation and um, example. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And on the flip side It's also really important for men to support men in this space. And I'm curious, you know, if you could speak into that, how can men support men in vulnerability?
1: Yeah, I love you asked this as well. I mean, one of the things, probably the retreats I love the most, I run a seven day men's initiation journey which is really a a deep dive for men into some of the deepest taboos and fears and homophobias and the things that men often never even discuss inside a men's circle. And we create a safe place for all of that tenderness to be there. And again, into the, the framing I was speaking before, what often happens is that because that feminine energy in a male body finds it difficult sometimes to trust in the masculine in a female body, she inside the male body is going to trust more the masculine in a male body because it's like the masculine in the male body has also that tender feminine. And so when that energy comes out of the male body, it's like, ah, it's celebrated. It's appreciated because he knows how difficult that can be when that happens. So when it's there, it's just like, oh my God. Like I've had some of the most beautiful, tender moments when I've seen, you know, these big, burly men that just have all of these masks and and, and protections, and they finally have a moment of tenderness, and they're met with such like receptivity and such a compassion and appreciation. So it's one of the that question is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about men's work because one of the things I see happening is is a deep maturing of the feminine energy in a male body by being around other men in that way. There's just something that happens in that space that you can never even, you know, I'm attempting to put words to it here, but that's the beauty and the mystery and the gift that happens when men come together in that way. So male bodies who are listening, like find a local men's circle, find a place where your vulnerability can be recognized and seen. It doesn't mean that, you know, all of a sudden it's just, you know, your masculinity is going to go away. You know, for myself I come from a maritime military background you know I was a very alpha super you know that was the journey I was on I know how to lead men I know how to direct I know how to be you know in that way and so when somebody was like oh yeah just surrender more into your femininity I was like yeah whatever like get, get lost you know I'm not doing any of that yeah. but I realized that there was a gift to it and I started to lean into those situations more and when I was first When I was first held by another man in that way, it was like there was a deepest level of surrender that I had never experienced before. And it's something I'll never forget either. And it's, you know, again, one of the reasons I'm quite passionate about bringing that work into the world.
0: Yeah, I love that you mentioned the word surrender at the end, because these uh, qualities such as surrender and vulnerability tend to be uh, very stigmatized in an immature or distorted masculine world when in reality these are the, the qualities of vulnerability and surrender are the qualities that create new realities, you know, even something as simple as surrendering your eyesight, closing your eyes, when you close your eyes you're surrendering your ability to see externally but you are opening up a whole new perspective and possibility to see within yourself to literally dream or to you know meditate and access something greater than yourself so recognizing that if you want to be really in touch with the wholeness of your power, it means finding that balance between the masculine and feminine within and using that as a way to expand and evolve. Uh, and you know speaking into the piece on the on the feminine as well, I, I would love to just do a, like a brief little overview of what it means to be in healthy emotional expression versus distortion. you know how can we be more empowered? As individuals uh, in the feminine, whether we're a man or a woman, to um, express our emotions in a healthy way, in a way that is not in distortion.
1: Yeah, love, love that question. Um, and you know, the, and the thing I want to speak into just before that is is the power of the feminine. You know, and people often think the strongest energy on the planet is is masculinity, and certainly it's strong. But if I go to a flowing river you know, and then I'd visit that same flowing river a hundred years later, those stones are going to be worn down by the water. Mm -hmm. So tell me which, which is stronger, that super strong stone or the flowing waters that move through it. So, you know, there's a power inside uh, the femininity and to connect that to what you're asking, that means that the, the healthy expression is taking responsibility for your emotional body That means when you get upset and you find yourself saying the words, I'm upset because dot, 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 you're like, okay, it's time to go to school. It's time to go to my school of inner work where I look at my external to see what's happening in the internal. And I utilize that as an evolutionary platform for growth, for expansion, for finding out more of who I really am. Mm -hmm. And so the, the healthy feminine utilizes the anger, the frustration, the sadness, takes that energy inward, does the inner process, see what it's reminding you of, of the past, and then utilizes that as a way to come to more conscious communication, as a way to ask for what you need. You know, another really big thing that is difficult for male bodies to understand, understand is that it's okay to have needs like the healthy feminine can have needs Now, needs doesn't mean I'm always expressing needs and I'm just needy, needy, needy. It just means that there's things that bring your level of safety, of appreciation, of connection into our body and our being. And by being able to express those in a healthy way without blaming and shaming the other, is is a beautiful aspect of the non-distorted feminine. The distorted feminine is attacking, is blaming, is saying, you did me wrong, and it I'm, you know, I'm in this terrible place because you did this and you did that, and isn't actually able to recognize, ah, I'm taking part in this as well. Ah, I'm I'm needing to to move my emotions. And so the, the key is, and the challenging thing in our society is often our emotions are often cognitively trying to be understood. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to cognitively understand our emotions, the healthy feminine just feels them. It's like, ah, oh, I'm sad. Okay. I'm sad. That's a complete sentence. It doesn't need to be a reason There doesn't need to be a why that doesn't need to be. I'm sure there's a thousand and one reasons why, or I'm angry. Okay. I'm experiencing anger. So I don't express my anger at another which is the the distorted feminine i take that anger and i move my emotions if i need to speak with conviction and clarity then that's more of an assertive masculine and that can be a healthy thing but when i'm expressing and trying to communicate and there's a bubbling bitch underneath that never works <laughs>
0: yeah yeah absolutely becoming emotionally clear and also ensuring that you're well nourished is the most powerful thing in approaching conflict which is often hard because we have this tendency to want to fix things very quickly and to want to get to the other side when in reality if we can just take a moment to be in our expression and to find the space to nourish and become emotionally clear before projecting onto someone else um that's where the real magic comes it's the same with how we were talking about our sexual energy when there's a block somewhere and we're not uh, allowing space for that, that emotion or that energy emotion to express, we can't get to the other side, which is, you know, a more expanded state of being. Um, so I'm grateful that you, you spoke into that piece as well. And I'm curious, you know, as a woman, or, or maybe, you know, for listeners that may be interacting with a woman, especially a man, and they feel that she's in that distortion, she is not emotionally clear, um, and maybe projecting or blaming, etc. What could maybe be some invitations or ways to guide a more healthy expression?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And and one of the things I see happening is that when men, especially they come into this field and they're like, okay, I'm going to become Shiva. I'm going to be Shiva. I'm going to receive everything. I'm I'm going to receive the hit and the blame and give me it all and I can receive it all. And, And there's a beauty to that. But if you're being Shiva with a distorted feminine, that's consistently putting you down and blaming and attacking you emotionally, and she's not taking responsibility for her own upset, then that's not a relationship that's growing and expanding. Mm -hmm. And so what what is possible in that is, is to see the place where responsibility can be taken and also where boundaries can be placed. It's like, if I'm, you know, in a, a new relationship and, you know, or past the honeymoon stage and and, and then, you know, kind of have an argument and then there's, there's something else that happens. And, and if I'm often finding that, you know, there's always kind of a, a blaming of something that I've done wrong. Eventually, I'm going to put my foot down and say, this doesn't work anymore. I need you. To take responsibility for the upset you're having i know i'm not perfect i'm not about to say oh it's all about you it's like yeah there's often a 50 50 relationship that's happening here but what is required is a place where both people can consciously look themselves in the mirror and to say what's going on here what is this person bringing into my field that's trying to support me to evolve and grow and if we look at relationship, that's often what we're talking about here, as a powerful spiritual practice, in my viewpoint, kind of the most powerful spiritual practice, then the person that we're in a relationship with is just a reflection of our contrasexual self. So our contrasexual self, for you, it's your masculine. For me, it's my feminine. So when I'm in a relationship, then then how I'm experiencing the external feminine is often how I'm experiencing the internal feminine. Mm -hmm. She's just reflecting to me any unloved parts inside of me that I haven't learned to honor and appreciate yet. And if I can see her beauty and her strength and her capacity and her emotional maturity, then it's like, oh, that must be what's happening inside of me as well. But if I see her distortion and her inability to, to, you know, to to claim her upset and and all all of those aspects, then that's an aspect of what's happening here. And I've watched this in my own kind of relationship evolution where, you know, there was a while where I kept being like, you know, pointing the finger. and I'm like, all these relationships, they're all just crazy. Like something's wrong with them. And eventually, I'm like, oh yeah, because I haven't owned the own crazy bitch inside of me, you know. And then when I did that, it was like, ah, oh, okay, I need to. Ah, oh, okay, ah, oh, okay. There's some there, there's some emotion. There's some frustration that needs to be expressed. And and that you know, the example I was just giving with my past partner, like when we met, I was on probably a two two and a half year, like really inner union journey where I was, you know, pushing away a lot of relationships and I was just kept drawing the energy in. So I was like my number one relationship was my own inner marriage, my own inner union. And so then when we met, it was like, ah, okay, that's two inner unions coming together to to bring a sacred union. And that's really, if we talk tantra, one of the most beautiful things that can be there is when, you know, the divine in me recognizes the divine in you, but then also, you know, the distorted fucked up parts of me recognize the distorted fucked up parts of you, and we can actually grow and and, and expand together.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's a one plus one equals three vibration. How can we, you know, take individual responsibility to be deeply committed to growth and aggressively investing in that growth, and then using the relationship as a vehicle to you know, expand even further individually and as a couple and to create something, you know, bigger than, bigger than both parties. So, um, beautiful. Thank you for speaking into that. And I'd love to share a little bit more about, you know, some of the resources and places that you've, you know, learned some of these tools and also some of the ways that you're bringing this medicine into the world with your retreats. I know that you're an ISTA facilitator as well, which is an incredible resource. I've talked about, you know, their work on this podcast, but is there anything else you'd like to bring in, in terms of resources to physically embody these energies?
1: yeah i mean the the book that came out um last december which is the, the embodied man here um it's for both male bodies and female bodies um it's a 350 page manuscript there's over 40 practices in there so it's my storytelling as well as actual pre- practices that will support people really a journey from the head into the heart um there's an online course version of that. You know, there's, I, I also teach with, um, a school called embodied awakening Academy. I run retreats and workshops. Actually, I think we'll be in, I'm just finalizing the detail. We're going to be in Austin later on this year, um, uh, running a couple of weekends out there. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of resources. I run these men's initiations, these seven day journeys, um, you know, I'm often doing podcasts and things like that. I'm teach I teach at a lot of festivals, a lot of places. I'm I'm in over 15 countries this year, bringing this magic and this, you know, my my teachings and really not necessarily my teachings, but just being a conduit for for spirit to move through me. Um, you know, my perspective. This work, especially where we're at as a humanity right now, is absolutely necessary. I think the veil has been lifted. People are searching, they're seeking, and they're wanting more answers and understandings. And that was part of the reason why I wrote that book. It was just having the same conversation with the same guy over and over and over again. I'm like, okay, I need to put this into a format to say, okay, before we work together, read this book, do these practices, and then let's begin. You know, So that was yeah. kind of a way of giving back, of saying, how can I help more souls and more people on this planet to be able to you know, evolve and expand for the love that they want to be in the world?
0: Beautiful. I love that. Wrapping up with just a few last questions. One is a bonus question. I ask all my guests, what awakens your arrows? What turns you on? What makes you feel erotically alive?
1: Oh, well, there's a a few parts to that for sure. Um, I would say nature, like nature is absolutely a a turn on and an aliveness and a a fullness for me. You know, there's a, a beauty inside of like when I can be naked in nature in the forest, it's just like, oh, like I, I was just teaching at a festival here in Denmark. And then I spent two days just in the, in the forest on my own, just having my own kind of little, you know, erotic, beautiful journey. Um, and that, that was amazing, you know, absolutely incredible. And I also love playing in the place of kind of, you know, uh, submission and domination and just playing in that way of just really, seeing the place of of deep surrender, both in my own body and experiencing that with another. Um, And I I can definitely find deep turn on from that space. Um, And, you know, I'd say maybe call me a little bit cheesy, but it's definitely a turn on when I can just like feel the presence of a being in front of me and almost a place beyond words where you're just looking eye to eye and I can feel my body respond. I can feel like that erotic energy start to flow and there can be a thousand and one things that either one of us would say in that moment, but there's just this deep meeting of our sacred sexual union that's possible. That doesn't even need to happen. It doesn't mean mean that we go and have sex. It just means that there's this like, it's like this tangible like flavor and taste and the energy builds and it's like, Oh, like that's yeah that, that's yeah. that's a, a priceless feeling <laughs> delicious
0: love it thank you for sharing that and where can listeners find you and or support you
1: yeah so you can go to my website aaron has my book um, you can go to the embodied man on amazon Embodied Man Book will also take you, embodiedmanbook.com will also take you to the website, and that has all of the events the ISTA events, the Academy events, the men's initiation retreats. Um, there's, a, there's a wide variety of things I do through the year, and you can find it all there. And also all my online courses. I probably have six or seven online courses. So
0: definitely go give Aaron a follow and thank you again Aaron so much for joining me today I also want to express my gratitude to the listener thank you once more for opening yourself up the idea of sacred sexuality with so much gratitude and love have a sexy and spiritual day and I'll catch you next week on talk tantra to me Ta-ta. Mm-hmm.